0: I jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, the most regular spot for suicide in the world. The place where one person dies every seven to 10 days and the place where 99% of the people who've leapt off that bridge in an 85-year span, almost a century, never again get to share their stories. They're gone forever. Focus, focus, focus. Born in 92, on the block with the shark. From a different cloth Y'all would get ripped apart You want a diamond Then you gotta get it in the dark We dropping nuggets Like Carmelo with the park. Now we eating from state to state We scrape the plate I put my eggs in the basket Took a leap of faith I took a chance Now we grow and see the impact Decoding success with special guests Now let's bring Matt
1: Welcome to the show, everyone. Episode number 217 here on the Decoding Success Podcast. It is your host, Matt Labrie. And thinking about it, in 200 plus episodes here on the show, I don't think anyone has ever heard me use this tonality or this energy when introducing a guest, but there's a reason for that. And that reason is because I want to help you fully grasp and understand the magnitude of the story that we're about to tell this gentleman that is joining us, his story in particular. Now, I want to help paint the picture before introducing him in just a few moments. Our guest in the year 2000 was experiencing some darkness, and I'm sure we could even say in years before that as well. Listen, many of us experience dark times, whether it's dark hours, dark days, dark months, dark years, so on and so forth. We've been there. We can relate. Maybe not to this extent, or maybe to this extent. We're all unique. All of our lives are so different. So listen up here. Our guest in the year 2000 attempted to take his life by jumping off of the Golden Gate Bridge. The suicide survival rate in that particular area is not in favor of you surviving whatsoever, but obviously today's guest is here to talk about his survival and his journey. Many factors contributed to his very miraculous survival, one in which includes a sea lion keeping him afloat until the United States Coast Guard arrived to bring him to safety. Now I'm going to repeat that, a sea lion kept him afloat. If that does not say miraculous to you, I don't know what does. There is a reason our guest, our friend, Kevin Hines, is here to tell his story. And it's a good thing that he is a storyteller at heart. He is a best-selling author, global public speaker, and award-winning documentary filmmaker. Kevin now travels the world, the globe, sharing his story of hope, of healing, and recovery while teaching people of all ages the art of wellness and the ability to survive pain with true resilience. Now, here's the thing. This introduction is going to be a little bit longer than it typically is, but I want to share something with you. I'm actually going to request this of you. I've never done this in 217 episodes. We have never requested this. I'm going to ask you to check on someone today. And the reason I'm saying that is because we all have those strong friends, those friends that, you know, maybe don't show that they're hurting or maybe they seem like they just have everything figured out and everything's all good, and life is peaches and cream. I want you to check on them, but not even just them. Maybe you know someone that is experiencing some darkness. Maybe you haven't checked on someone in a while. Maybe it's a friend that you've lost touch with. I just want you to check on someone. Hey, listen, maybe it's even someone you see on the street while you're listening to this, while you're driving, while you're at the gym, while you're doing whatever it is you're doing. I really want you to check on someone, because when Kevin was standing on the Golden Gate Bridge He had distress. He had pain written all over him. And no one checked on him. I really want you to check on someone in your life. That's the request I'm going to put out there. On top of that, we have asked something else in the past. And that's to share this episode. Share these episodes. And the reason I'm saying this episode, not only because we're recording this one right now, but also because this story is a story like no other. Kevin is very vulnerable. He's so open. He's so transparent. In fact, at one point in this episode, Kevin was asked the question he's never been asked before, and I'm sure you could imagine this is a topic he talks a whole lot about. There's so many valuable nuggets to take away from Kevin's experiences, whether it's checking on a friend or understanding that the dark times never last, that you have the ability, the strength to be able to survive them. There's so much in here jam-packed. So I am going to request that you share this with someone. These episodes are totally free. We never ask a penny for them. We never will. If there was a fee, it would be to share it for you to make an impact on a friend's life, for you to make an impact on someone that follows you. If you share it on social, the list goes on. I'm just going to throw it out there. Please share this episode with someone in your life. Also, please make sure you're checking on someone today. If it's not today, make it be tomorrow. It should have been done yesterday, but hey, Let's do it. Let's make sure we're checking on people. And now, without further ado, we bring to you our friend, Kevin Hines. Kev, welcome to the show, man. Your story is incredible. Uh, What you've been through and what you're doing right now to help people that may be in a similar situation is absolutely... You're doing God's work. Bottom line, you're doing God's work. I really appreciate you hopping on here. We're about to make an impact, so thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it.
1: 100%. Now... I want to start at the beginning. Uh, I want to get deeper on your story. I know what's out there in the world. I've watched interviews. I've read about you, so on and so forth. Your LinkedIn, no, 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 I'm sorry. Your Instagram was actually passed on to me by one of my best friends. He's like, yo, you need Kevin on your podcast. And I said, all right, we're going to make this happen. So I did the research here. Let's start San Francisco. You were adopted, correct?
0: I was adopted. My beginning was very humble. I was born into a family, um, a birth mom and dad, who after they had me and my brother succumbed to substance use disorder, you know, hardcore drugs and alcohol. And but here's the thing. Before they had that happen to them, before they fell or succumbed to that disease. They both had manic depression, what we today call bipolar disorder. The very same brain disease I've been diagnosed with and was diagnosed with at 17 and a half years of age, two years prior to attempting to take my life in a way that is 99% fatal. That said, my birth parents loved me and my brother dearly, but they couldn't take care of us. They had no income, they had to hustle to survive, and we lived in and out of crack motels. These are the kind of places that you pay for by the hour, and if you don't, you're out. And my mom and dad did whatever they had to do to pay on that hour by that hour. Wow. But my birth mom and dad would die very tragically of drugs and alcohol, but really they died of mental illness. And I never got to meet them as an adult. And that was always, that's something that nobody ever wants to talk about with me. Rather, no one ever brings it up. Everyone wants to hear about my attempt and my, you know, impact on the water and, the things that saved my life that day and all of this narrative that's been very out there in the public, but people don't take the time to get to know what led up to all of that. I think it's really important to talk about because we need, we need to talk about more in this country and more around the world of generational trauma, how trauma that occurs in a mother prior to her getting pregnant can actually be biologically and physiologically transferred to the baby. You know, these are things we need to make known and make the world aware of. And I'm of a mixed background. My, my birth dad is half Mexican, half Italian. My birth mom was Black, Arawak Indian, Jamaican, Portuguese, African, Scottish, Irish, English, and Sephardic Jew. And, you know, to say I'm a mutt is, is uh, I consider it a disrespectful term. I think the reality is I'm a multicultural and I accept all of those cultures at a, as a part of me and an equal important part of me and growing up knowing that my parents died so tragically absolutely affected my clinical depression at 17 and a half years of age sure and they are part of what led me to attempt to take my life off the golden gate bridge at 19 years of age what do you feel
1: like that conversation would be like with your birth parents today Or what would you want to say to them, actually?
0: You know, the only I know exactly what I want to say to them, because it's what I wanted to say to them since I was a child. After I learned and this was when I, I learned this when I was 12, after I learned that they did not give me up, but that I was taken from them by social services and protective custody and the police, which, by the way, if the police hadn't taken me and protective custody hasn't taken me, I'd be dead. They saved my life. Right. Initially. Pat and Debbie Hines, who adopted me, saved my life. They are my mom and dad. That's it. If I could sit in a room with my birth mom and my birth dad, all I would want to say, all I would want to do is give them the biggest bear hug in the world and whisper in their ear, I love you. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would care what happened next. Because for as long as I can remember, that's all I ever wanted to tell them. Right. Right. That I fully accept that they didn't know what that they didn't have this the help, the treatment, the benefits of good finances to take care of us. That they tried their best, that they loved us dearly, but that they were struggling beyond measure. Sure. And that in, in that in that society in the 1980s in San Francisco, for people of their stature, the world wasn't nice. Mm. The world wasn't nice. Imagine being a mom and dad who loved their parents living in and out of crack motels. We're talking about about places with box springs for mattresses over concrete slab floors. Mm. Kind of place you pay for by the hour. And if you don't, you're out. You better believe they did whatever they had to do to pay on that hour by that hour. Right. They fed us what they could steal. Kool-Aid, Coca-Cola, and sour milk was my first diet. To say that I was sick mentally from birth is an understatement, right? It's an understatement. Your gut biomes are directly connected to your brain chemistry. Your serotonin is mostly in your gut. It's your second brain. The fact that I was fed all processed foods from the very beginning is what initially damaged my brain. Not even to mention the generational trauma. Sure. So there, that's where my life began. Absolutely. Now... What's
1: your advice to someone that's listening? And listen, this goes for me too, to give our parents, birth parents, adopted parents, whoever, the credit for doing the best they can. Mm. Right. I think that's really hard. And I didn't realize it probably until last year. I just turned I just turned 29. Last year, 28, 27, around that time. I realized that my parents are still trying to figure shit out too. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they don't all have the answers. You know, Age so what's your is advice? Just a number. There? age is just a
0: number we're not we're not born wise we have to figure it out yeah you know and not everybody's made to be a parent right and 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 yet we have people who are parents all the time that weren't weren't built for it and they and they don't know what the hell to do or they're trying to make ends meet they're trying to feed their kids and that trying to feed their kids is stressing them the hell out Mm. and then look at look at the covid crisis and the lack of jobs and the lack of employment and and now all these people you know getting benefit checks that, that are not working and and maybe they're staying at home and they're abusing their kids like look at the number of kids that are now have no outlet at all because they can't go to school and at home they're in an abusive household you know my birth parents weren't abusive no they were negligent they neglected sure. me but it was because they had to feed us what they you know because they it was because they had to house us listen i think that there's a, there's a difference between a a great parent who's hustling hard, who's having a hard time earning and feeding their kids, but still wants to, than there is between a parent that is verbally, physically, or sexually abusive, Mm -hmm. you know, because that, that's something that's an, that's a whole nother animal inside of itself. Right. And when you tackle that, when I travel around the world, telling my story, which pre COVID, I was doing 323 and 45 days a year. I cannot tell you the number of children, children that come up to me and say, I have this diagnosis, but my parents don't believe it's real. Mm. Or I have this diagnosis, but my parents are abusing me at home. Or my uncle is abusing me, but my parents don't believe when I tell them that that's what's happening. It breaks my heart to hear these stories from kids everywhere. And all I want to do is be there for them in that moment to help them realize that they still matter and they're still valued and they're still loved by this ethos, this outside world that cares about them in general, just to keep them alive. You know, it's devastating what's happening to our, our youth and our children around the world these days. And we need to be awakened to it. We need to be aware of it so that when we meet these kids in any capacity in our lives, We can be stewards of change in theirs, you know, Mm. stewards of change in their minds and their lives and be models of success and responsibility and generosity so that they become good, good members of society. Absolutely.
1: Now, I know you've done a bunch of these. You just, you know, noted how many speaking engagements you do per year. I'm curious. What's a question you wish more people would ask you?
0: How are you feeling? Mm.
1: Okay, how how are you feeling today? I kind of know the answer to that already.
0: <laughs> you know what? It is a great mental health day. Okay. Not every day is. I woke up today, I kissed my wife, I said a prayer, I did my resonance breathing, I did a meditation, I exercised, I ate healthily, and today's a good day.
1: That's good to hear. Do you feel like all of those habits and, you know, those positive habits you just, you know, mentioned, do you feel like they credit a lot of the positive mental health days or lead to those mental health no, days that yeah, are positive?
0: They're, they're a huge reason why I have positive mental health days okay. is because I'm taking action every day to be better. If I just sat around, listen, I can tell you three days ago was not a positive mental health day. Sure. And I did those very same things, but I still struggled that day. Those days are going to come and they're going to go. The struggle, as they say, is real. Mm. And I know that has many different connotations and means many different things to many different people. And it means many different things to me, a person of a multicultural background. But the struggle in mental health is real. And people assume that because I get on a stage wearing a suit and tie when they ask me to, that I'm healed, recovered, well, better, best. And that's just not the case. Right. Right. I live with the diagnosis of bipolar type one with psychotic features. I've accepted it as fact and I fight it every day. When I'm not taking my medication, I have hallucinations, auditory and visual that you could not fathom with the greatest of imaginations that are terrifying. that make you quiver into a corner in your room and cry. When I'm not following my wellness plan, I find myself so paranoid and delusional that I cannot speak. So no, I'm not recovered or well. I'm in recovery one day at a time. Like one would be like my birth parents could have been from substance use disorder. Sure. And this is a journey. And I am glad to be alive to be on it.
1: That's, that's a beautiful thing. You actually have a quote on your website, which I love. Uh, life is a gift. That's why it's referred to as the present, right? Right. We can go so deep on that. I'm curious what that means to you, right? Because uh, as you just alluded to, right, there are days where it just sucks. <laughs> you know, there, yeah, there, yeah. There, and that's a part of it, right? I mean, life isn't linear. I almost wish it was sometimes, but it's a damn roller coaster, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, so,
0: and, and and to be clear, I didn't make up that quote. You know, that quote's correct. been around for a while, and it's it's had many different iterations. I found it. Well, first of all, it, it, it was it was said by a long time ago by Babatunde Olatunji. It was once said by former First Lady Rosalind Carter of the Carter administration. And the quote is, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift, that is why we call it the present. I then add in my speeches, I say, you know, I usually say, you know, yesterday's history, tomorrow's mystery, today is a gift, that's why we call it the present. And if y'all don't believe me, Master Ugue from Kung Fu Panda said that, And talking cartoon turtles always know what's up. And then I say, (laughs) yesterday's history, tomorrow's mystery today is a gift, but it's always in forever cherish this day. And every waking moment of this gorgeous gift, we all get to call life. And you have to listen to the end of that sentence, that we get to call it life, because we get to exist. It's it's a privilege to exist. Right. No matter the pain or the world you are born into, it's a privilege to exist. Think of all the children who never make it past the womb. Mm. Think of all the babies never born uh, because of abortion. Think of all the babies that never make it past the womb who weren't meant to physically be here. My wife and I know that pain all too well. My wife and I know that pain all too well. We lost our child to miscarriage at eight weeks. Wow. Jack Ryan lived eight weeks and no more. And he will never be here in physical form, but he's not supposed to. Mm you all listening are for the simple fact that your ears are tuned into this podcast. I know you're supposed to be here. Yeah. Never to die by your hands, never to die by your hands. Suicide is not the answer to our problems. It is the problem. Mm. If we can help people recognize that they have value past their pain, they can be resilient inside of their struggles. Also, if they can have gratitude, gratitude, inside their pain they can survive it Mm. if you are grateful for the struggling times your wins will be much more beautiful how do you become
1: grateful for the struggling times though
0: you fight like hell to get through them okay and you get to that other side and you look back in the rearview mirror and you go i got this and that for whatever reason I had to go through. But here I stand, ready, willing, and able to now take on any new challenge. Right. Listen, I'm not talking from from an outside experience. I'm talking from lived experience. I jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, the most regular spot for suicide in the world, the place where one person dies every seven to 10 days, and the place where 99% of the people who've leapt off that bridge in an 85 year span almost a century never again get to share their stories they're gone forever mm-hmm. and i get to be here that's a gift absolutely i just i just got an instagram message yesterday from a young girl who jumped off the golden gate bridge and survived recently i think in the last few weeks and she said I know we don't have anything in common besides the fact that we have the same method of attempt, but I just wanted to reach out to you because of your work. I immediately reached back and said, Hey, I'm here for you for moral support, you know, because I did what she did. She did what I did. We have a connection and she's alive and I'm alive. Second connection. So she, she was wrong. There's two things that are common between us, you know, probably more, you know, She probably had that same kind of lethal emotional pain that led her to do what she did and led me to do what I did off that bridge. Right. But I'm glad to tell people like her that we are net. We have fought for 20 years to raise a net at the golden gate bridge. It's going up right now. And as of 2023, when it's completed, not one more beautiful soul will ever again die at the golden gate bridge. And it will become the largest, brightest, and most powerful beacon for suicide prevention right around the world. That is incredible. reduction wow. of access wow. to lethal means. It's amazing.
1: That's amazing. That is amazing. I love to hear that. I want to try and connect the dots here. Maybe there's no connection whatsoever, but I was reading about your story. You, you, you brought up your attempt. And when I was going through the details of what you elaborated on, it seemed like that day when you were on the bridge, there was some neglect from people that were around you, right? You had tears in your mm. eyes. You, you were clearly in pain. I believe that a bridge, a, a bridge worker and a police officer or someone passed you, uh, other people were asking for pictures. And you just alluded to in the beginning of this conversation that your birth parents had neglect, not by choice, but because they needed to hustle and to do things to keep you in that motel room, right? So does the connection of the neglect you felt on the bridge going all the way back to your birth parents, is there any connection there whatsoever?
0: You know, I think, well, first of all, no one's ever brought this up before. So this is fantastic for me to think about. You are a good podcast host. That's for damn sure. I appreciate that. But I'll tell you this. There is a connection. My parents neglected me out of, in survival mode, both for them and for us, me and my brother. And people on the bus that saw me in pain neglected me out of a different survival mode. That kid's crazy. What if I ask him if he's okay and he hurts me? you know, fear and apathy led to people ignoring me. A woman asked me to take her picture like five times, but couldn't see the pain in my eyes. Bikers, joggers, tourists, runners, police officers searching for suicidal people all went by me twice. Not because they didn't care, but because they didn't see. Because they were focused on the beauty of the ninth wonder of the world. I'm saying to people all around the world who are listening to this podcast right now who are sane and well, do more. If you see someone in active lethal emotional pain crying into their hands, it's not only kind of you to walk up and say, hey, are you okay? It's your duty as a human being. If you care about other human beings, it is your duty as a human being to say, hey, you look like you're going through hell. I know I don't know you, but is there anything I can do to help you? Next to that, those of us who are sane and healthy need to walk up to people who look sane and healthy and say, hey, just checking in. How's your mental health today? We all have it. We all have to deal with it. I know it's a, I know it's a son of a gun, but uh, if you want to talk about it ever, I got your back. Right. Check on your strong friends. You know, there is a a great unity in checking on each other's humanity and checking on each other's painful moments and saying, you are not in this by yourself. It is easy for the suicide prevention world to say you're not alone. That's easy. What's much harder is for me to say, hey, I know what it's like to be alone Mm. and I'm here for you and I've got your back. Right. How do we see
1: someone's pain that maybe doesn't visibly wear it? Right. Maybe they don't have, and maybe they're suppressing it. Right. I see that far too often, whether it's been women I've dated, whether it's been friends, whether it's been myself, you know, I I suppressed for 27 plus years, not knowing I was suppressing. Just thinking I was a bravado macho male who didn't talk about my emotions, you know? Uh, That's a a whole other topic. But what's the key to seeing someone's pain? Is it asking that question, how are you doing today?
0: Yeah, that's the key. Inquiring is the key. If you don't know and you can't tell, you will never know and you will never tell and neither will they. Hmm. Ask questions of those you care about in the realm of, hey, I'm just wondering, how's your mental health today? Odd question, maybe, but I feel like we're all going through crap in this COVID time. And I wanted to check in on you, see how you're doing. And let listen, buddy, if you're if you're having any trouble in that realm, I'm a listening ear and I've got your back. Absolutely. It's that simple. We don't need to have all the answers. We don't need to be the zeitgeist for every every answer and every equivalent to what they're dealing with. Sometimes we just need to open our ears. And listen with intent to understand, not to respond.
1: That's powerful. That intention is very powerful. I'm curious, you're wearing a sweatshirt that says it's okay to talk. Yeah. How do we buy into that belief? It's true. I'm an advocate for it. I'm just curious for the people that are out there listening that you know, and it goes back to the suppression, right? It goes back to kind of just numbing. It goes back to just keeping yourself into the daily cycle of life, going to work, coming home, repeat, so on and so forth.
0: Well, I'll give you the first easy answer is you go to kevinhynestroy.com slash shop and you get a sweatshirt and then you show <laughs> that to the world and then people go, what the hell is that? And you say, it's about mental health. You want to talk about it? Right. But on a, on a serious note, we have to be as a culture, we have to shift the narrative. We have to say, I don't care if you are the toughest SOB, male, female, other, toughest SOB in the whole world. Everybody needs somebody sometimes. Mm. And everybody needs to feel heard. Whether like you, they suppressed for 27 years and are now talking about it, or, they're, or they've they been open their whole life. Everybody still needs to be heard to get past pain. You need to share pain, so a pain shared becomes a pain half. Mm-hmm. If you hold your pain in and you bury it, it only bubbles and grows and bursts in things like rage, aggression, violence, substance use disorder, domestic disputes, suicidal ideals or actions, eating disorders. But if we both hold gratitude in the pain and share our pain, we can divide that pain in half. It's a matter of of really uh, becoming uh, more aware of yourself and your own inner pain and struggle. It's not possible for everyone. I deal with loved ones and people I care about that have done so much damage to their brains through drugs and alcohol that they are significantly harder to reach than someone like you or me. Mm. I was in a place myself years ago where it seemed that nobody could reach me. And that truly is what led me to the Golden Gate Bridge. But had someone said to me prior to my jump, Kevin, are you thinking of killing yourself? Have you made plans to take your life? Or do you have the means? I would have told them the truth. And what happened that day wouldn't have. And we'd be talking about a whole different story. Mm. Or maybe not talking at all. Right. You know, I'm very blessed to have lived through what I did. I want to help as many human beings as as possible find light at the end of their tunnels through the art of being well. And I don't mean being well every day. I mean fighting to be well every day. Sure. I want people to see that I've built a plethora of resources around me that I can now share for free with anyone willing to listen that we've curated and created through my wife and I's company, and my lovely wife, who saved my life on more times than I could count on my appendages. You know, she's been there for me in a place, in, in ways that nobody else has. I feel so lucky that she even gave me a second date, you know, because I botched the first one. Botch it. How'd you botch it? Oh my it? God, you have no idea. I did. <laughs> I got I got marinara sauce all over my only good white shirt. I got lemon in her eye. She was like, her mascara was running down her face. She looked like the band Kiss in the film, The Crow. I got burnt butter that was on a plate boiling with burnt butter on one of my plates. I tipped it with my hand and it went went between her blouse under her chest and it burned her She screamed bloody murder. Oh, shit. Um, she called check, please, before we even ate the meal. And I'm like we're, it's over, you know, we're not going to get married. We're not going to have the six kids. I imagine we're not, you know, all this, all this stuff through my head. Cause I was like, I was in love from the moment I saw her eyes from the moment I millisecond. Our eyes met prior to that date. I, I knew she'd be the rest of my life. She didn't know that. And, and I told myself, well, don't tell her that. That'd be weird. I, I did tell her I loved her on our second date, but I'm very lucky. I got that second date because the first one was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I, I have a video on, of it on my YouTube channel. If you want to find out more. Met, I met my wife on the site for it. It's really hilarious. Incredible. But back to the back to the story. I wanted I to because because we're 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 running down on our time here. I just want to sh- if it's okay with you, can I share my resources with your audience? Please do by all means. You don't mind because I really want people to take these resources, take them home, put in the work. Because that's the thing that people don't get today. People think you take a magic pill, and everything gets fixed. You, you do the uberfication of life. And everything's all better. You get the meal prep, and you're all settled. You do, you know, it's not how it works. You can't exercise one day a week and expect to have a bodybuilder's body, right? Yeah, exactly. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how it works. So, so if people are in mental pain out there and they're listening to your podcast and they want places to go to find hope, number one, uh, YouTube.com/slash/kevinhines, Hines, hundred plus videos. We drop one every Friday night for people in mental pain, uh, Mental Health Hacks every Friday, Ask Kev's, where people from all over the world ask me questions. I answer them on the videos. In the next couple of weeks, we get them out there. Um, and then different different short-form videos that are science-based, evidence-informed tools to better your brain health. Uh, that's all youtube.com slash Kevin hines. And then Hindsight's podcast just launched a week and a half ago. And that's H-I-N-E-S-I-G-H-T-S podcast, found wherever podcasts are found. And that one is uh, interviews with some of the greatest minds in the field of suicide prevention, mental brain, mind, behavior your health, um, some celebrity friends of ours, and people who have just amazing stories of incredible triumph over terrible adversity to tell from around the world. And we're sharing those stories and they're fantastic. We have Ask Kev's Mental Hacks on there as well. So giving a plethora of content every Thursday, Friday and Saturday on that podcast platform. If you go to kevinhinesstory.com, we have three resources for you. One is a PowerPoint called The Art of Wellness, a 10-step guide to better brain health. That is really, really, really important because you can train people with it and you can train students, parents, teachers, staff with that with that program and you can train yourself to be better mentally healthy. So that's really important. And then uh, a parents and teachers guide to teen suicide prevention, which is crucial because we're losing you know teens are dying by suicide at the second leading cause of death amongst teens in America and around the world and that's written by some of the best suicidologists in the field and my wife and it's it's one of the most heavily downloaded in the field take it it's yours for free and then a guide to the YouTube channel what YouTube videos help what type of person going through what type of challenge so those are all for you take them they're yours i want them to help you
1: I love that. I'm going to make sure the links to all of that will be in the show notes to make it even easier for everyone that's tuned into this, um, you know, give them less work to do there. But I, I do want to ask you one last question, Kev. Obviously, you're here for a reason. You know, the, the statistics behind the attempt off the Golden Gate obviously aren't in anyone's favor. As you know, you know, it's wild. Not only that, you were actually held buoyant, I believe, by a sea lion, which is... Yes. That's freaking incredible to know i you I, I believe you you thought you said it was a shark but it was a sea lion but I thought, I thought
0: it was a shark and it was a sea lion yeah yeah that
1: that's it's it's just incredible how all of this adds up so I mean you're here for a reason I'm just curious you know you you live to whatever year you want to live you put out as many podcasts you hop on as many podcasts books you speak all across the globe if you could only be remembered for one thing what do you want that one thing to be
0: being a person who loved Everyone. Mm. Every human being in the world, I have empathy for, no matter what they've done. Because we can all be easy to judge what others have done, good, bad, or ugly. But no one is born to hate. No one is born to hurt. That is something that is taught If we can teach our young to be kind, compassionate, loving, caring, empathetic, and non judgmental to every single person they come into contact with, no matter their behavior toward you, because you never know what they've gone through or what they're going through or what they've been through, we'd be a better world. If we can end the division in this country and the globe and say, unite us as one human race. To say, we've got your back, we are here for you, and you are loved. You know, I know there are people that have done horrendous things in this world. But they didn't, they weren't born horrendous people. They were taught how to be that by usually being things like being abused and neglected. And I know a little bit about that. Right. So be kind to each other because I'll always be kind to you. That's powerful. I love that, man. I love it. Kev, this was
1: fantastic. Thank you for the opportunity to host you, to amplify your message. I could probably talk to you for the next 24 hours straight. Just so many questions. We're going to have to bring you back on here. As mentioned, I'm going to have all of the links to the resources, socials, websites, YouTube's. Congratulations on the new podcast, by the way. Thank you. Uh, all, All of that will be in the show notes. So thank you again, man.
0: Thank you, brother. Nice to meet you. And there you have
1: it, everyone. Episode 217 here on the Decoding Success Podcast with our friend Kevin Hines. Now, with that being said, I'm going to go all the way back to the intro of this episode and request that you check on someone in your life, whether it's one of your quote unquote strong friends, someone that's going through something, whoever, however, just make sure that you're checking on someone. It means the world to people. I mean, listen, I love when people check up on me. I'm just like, wow, I'm loved. That's a great feeling. And I'm sure you love it too. Make sure you're checking up on people. And secondly, make sure you're sharing this episode. I'm sure you could tell Kevin's story, Kevin's journey, his insights, his experiences, and more are really freaking valuable. They're incredible, to say the absolute least. So I want you to share this with people in your life that you think will find it to be of value. And you want to know what? I'm sure that more people than you even think will find it to be of value are in your life. On top of that, check out Kevin through the show notes of this episode. You can find socials, websites, programs, stores, all that good stuff in the show notes. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.